This is More Than Work, the podcast reminding you that your self-worth is made up of more than your job title. Each week, I'll talk to a guest about how they discovered that for themselves. You'll hear about what they did, what they're doing, and who they are. I'm your host, Rabia. I work in IT, perform stand-up comedy, write, volunteer, and, of course, podcast. Thank you for listening. Here we go. everyone. Welcome back to More Than Work. Uh, today, I'm talking to Jessica Berg. She is the founder of Moonrock Wellness. It's a wellness platform for busy and working moms. And uh, we've already found we have a lot in common just based on where she lives now and where I used to live. So uh, thanks for being here. Thank you. It's a pleasure and an honor. For me too. I'm excited to chat with you more. First of all, where am I talking to you from? So I am in Southern California, Carlsbad, California, to be specific. It's the northernmost part of San Diego County. Yeah, and it's great there. It's um, it's well, yeah, it's really. I nice. love it. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I was living over the, near there right before I came to London, and it was great because I used to live in like the more downtown kind of area of San Diego, and it was nice to be in North County for a little bit and checking that out. Yeah, the beaches each have their own different theme, but just the like the mountains cascading into the ocean, it's just a beautiful landscape. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, you kind of wake up and depending on where you live, you can either see maybe just barely a line of blue that's the ocean or you can really... Yeah, yeah. I've got a peekaboo, like very, very small, but I savor that little yeah. like thumbnail. So I think we'll just start with what is Moonrock Wellness and kind of work back to how you got to it. So I stated what it is from the tagline perspective, but what what is Moonrock Wellness? Yeah, so I started Moonrock with the belief and the drive that time is scarce, right? I mean, especially for people who have multiple roles, which is the majority of people, whether it's a career, caregiver, parent, um, volunteer, you name it. There's a lot that we're juggling day in and day out. And I truly believe that our wellness isn't something that should have to be sacrificed. And a lot of people kind of have this notion that you have to go and work out for an hour to feel like you are giving your your body the exercise it needs. But really, it's just, it's the consistency of wellness that matters more than anything else. So if it's like two minutes of meditation, five minutes of yoga, if you're doing something each day, that's the, the impact that you're going to see at the individual level, and then also at the collective. Um, so Moonrock really is about kind of like that transformation for the person on the inside um, by just doing a little bit each day, whether it's yoga, meditation, the food we eat, the products we consume. Great. Yeah. And did you have a time where you weren't practicing these things and now you are consistently or how did you get into that? Yes. Inspirational to me, even like I was so during the, I'll just tell you like during the pandemic, I Meaning, and I know we're, look, I know there's still COVID, but I think there was yeah. a time when we were stuck in our house and I was by myself and I, I had the best schedule for meditation, you know, I mm-hmm. did it every day for over a hundred days. Cause I know cause I had an app that I was tracking it in. Amazing. Stopped, you know, and now I have these like, maybe a moment every once in a while when I'm on the train and just trying not to sweat. So like, <laughs> you know, even like two minutes a day is aspirational to me right now. But then for some people, that's like, no, 20 minutes is. But how did you get to that that point? I honestly, I, no, I did not have a daily practice my entire like, adulthood, I would say. And especially, I mean, it was after I became a mother and my daughter was born. So my second child. And I realized I needed to start to create some space for myself. And I didn't have a lot of time. I had a full-time job in digital tech. I had two humans. I was 
keeping alive um, and a fur dog. Mm-hmm. So I guess multiple forms of life in my house. But I, I just realized that I needed to start to prioritize a little bit more myself on the totem pole and on a daily level, um, just for my own well-being and for my ability to show up as a better version of myself in the areas that matter most. And so I started to just carve out a little time. And like, I actually started with two minute meditations, and then it moved into five minute meditations. And what I have found is that, you know, you you kind of put this wall in front of you because you think I don't have enough time. But what when you start to just take baby steps and do little by little, you start to see the time actually expand. And maybe it's less time scrolling on your phone. I'm not saying you're doing that. I'm saying for me, that was my experience. I actually, I actually, I don't know if you've ever done this where you look at the the app in your iPhone and it tells you how much time you spent on social. I actually looked at that one time and I was like, well, holy crap, I, I spent 30 minutes on Instagram. That's 30 minutes I could be spending. I know myself. I know. Like when I say I don't have time for something and then my phone tells me how long I spent on my phone, it's like, yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. And also, I feel, I mean, for me, I I did have this mindset where I I had this set duration in my mind that if I didn't achieve that certain time frame, then I wasn't really doing it. Mm -hmm. Like if I didn't meditate for 20 minutes, was I really meditating? And the truth is, yes, you are. But there's this um, pedestal that we, we put on ourselves from a, a time expectancy perspective. Uh, and I was actually during the pandemic, uh, after my daughter was born, and I wanted to start making more time for myself, I started doing um, online yoga. And there was this one instructor that she said, I just needed someone to tell me that you don't need to spend an hour a day that just 10 minutes a day is better than two days of an hour of exercise. Yeah. Um, and then from there, I just kind of took that and ran with it. Yeah, yeah. And so it- that's well, yeah, and it's true. And I think there's something about understanding that because I definitely do that in my head where I go, even with writing, like I, I need to write. Yeah. And I'll be like, oh, I'm, I can't write for two hours right now. It's just like, well, yeah, but I can write for five minutes, you know? Yeah. And it adds up over time. It does. It totally adds up over time. And at least you did it every day or whatever to build that muscle and get in that habit. Um, so is that the first time you had started practicing yoga or had you done it before? Oh, no, I've been doing yoga for it's about 13 years now. It has been a consistent part of my life. When I've had big life transitions, like becoming a mom um, or moving, right? Because I moved across the country a couple times, back and forth. And now I'm, I'm landing permanently in Southern California. <laughs> I've always found my way back to my mat. Uh, and I think it was especially in the most in the last five years where I needed to change my mindset on what that practice looks like. And I think that's the biggest thing is like we have our lives are constantly shifting. The roles that we're playing are shifting. What our day-to-day looks like changes. And we need to adapt our wellness to to fit into the current you. And maybe if that takes different forms, like maybe meditation isn't sitting down cross-legged with your eyes closed for five minutes. Maybe it's gardening, you know, like there's different forms and accepting being open-minded to what that could and could look like for you. Yeah. And present. Yes. God present. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Even with like cooking, sometimes I'll cook Michael Pollan. I was listening to him on one of Oprah's shows and like super soul Sunday or something. And he just, I love that podcast. I know me too. It's good. It's good. Just hearing from different people you wouldn't expect. And 
Well, and I didn't know Michael Pollan was related to Tracy Pollan, who's Michael J. Fox's wife. Like, I had no idea. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that either. And I, so I think that's interesting just because of like seeing, I saw that documentary still with Michael J. Fox and just how strong she is and what a present she is. But anyway, like with Michael Pollan, he had mentioned about enjoying food and enjoying cooking and that being a meditative thing. And I, 100%. Yeah. And I didn't think of it that way. But the times when I've really taken it that way, rather than making sure I was either on the phone the whole time or trying to surf the internet, but also trying to make sure I don't burn things, it's been such a more rewarding thing. And I think you're you're right that people can just find the thing that they're doing and, and incorporate that in a more like self-care kind of way than even like cooking, for example, is a chore or a task or something, you know? 100%. And I mean, my husband's like a really good example of that. He's not someone who's going to sit down and meditate to music and yeah. incense and stuff by any means. I mean, he's from Chicago, meat and potatoes kind of guy, <laughs> but, but he plays the guitar and he likes to run. So I've, I've told him, I was like, that's your meditation. Like for him, the music, he just goes into a kind of a trance. And even if it's just a couple minutes a day where he plays, it's just a place where he can just shut off his brain and, and just be to your point present. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you can't do certain things and and not be present or you're just gonna either fall off your bike or maybe mm-hmm. play the wrong note which i guess the former is worse but still yeah or even walking your dog i've noticed for me um because i have a dog right and so you know when we go on walks i would find myself at times on my phone like multitasking right and then i decided to just leave my phone at home and that also f- turned into a form of meditation because you become a lot more present you take note of what's around you like oh wow that wind rustling through the palm tree sounds really pretty or like you see a hummingbird fly by you know just certain things in nature that you wouldn't you wouldn't see cuz your eyeballs were in a screen or your earbuds were in you know so it's just it's simple everyday things that Again, going back to your point of presence, it's it's just being more mindful of it. Yeah, and that's that is interesting because it's almost like I don't know. This might be a little silly as a metaphor, but you're ex- experiencing the walk kind of as the dog is, where they're actually right. They're looking around, they're noticing things. You're not doing everything a dog does. You'd get arrested probably, but you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Don't defecate in the streets, people. <laughs> exactly. That is not the title of the podcast, but it could be. Uh, we'll see. Maybe it will become it. I just don't think that's going to be the whole message we have here. Uh, but so just really quick thing, going back to New York Wellness, when someone goes to that that platform, first of all, is there any real life uh, component to it or is it just online? And secondly, what do people do when they go there then like what what things are they experiencing yeah i mean it's it's a mix predominantly it is going to be digital focused i do have live stream interactions that are starting this month um so each month there's a live stream gathering as far as like a just a short yoga flow that we can all do together from around the world um and then i also am going to be kicking off uh in-person events in the next few months but we'll be starting in southern california as far as like when people come to the site. There's there's a lot of different avenues that you can kind of explore as far as what you want to incorporate into your life for wellness. So we have a membership that you can get access to online yoga and meditation videos. And then we also have recipes that are all plant-based. And I mean, 
going to the point of time is scarce. It takes less than 30 minutes to do each of them. I'll highlight three each month. And then there's uh, sustainable products too. So they're just everyday products that you may not think about, but that actually, if you swap out, you know, trash bags that maybe are recycled, or um, instead of having a shaving cream can, you actually have just the bar of shaving cream soap. So to reduce the plastic footprint on the on the planet, just little things like that. Again, going back to like bite sized digestible ways that you can incorporate wellness into your life. Yeah, that's great. And especially about the sustainability part, but it sounds like too, mm-hmm. that it's just a place where people can make what they want to make of it yeah there's like an encourage encouragement to do it with the with the sustainability it's interesting because i just was reading my friend mom just passed away and it's a guest sean arkless so if people hear this they can listen to that episode if they haven't but (laughs) he was um with his mom she died of cancer and one thing he posted about was her wishes and it was just mm-hmm. if people want to celebrate her life, they can just take one day or even an hour and just do nothing that's damaging the environment just to make a difference. Oh, that's I mean, beautiful. Like that day, eating plant-based for a day, that kind of thing. And I, I read that and I thought, what a wonderful way to ask people to honor you. That's beautiful. Just to, to take care of everyone. Yeah. So it's really cool. So I just think, yeah, it's good that you are doing that as a product thing, thing, but also putting that idea in people's heads that, hey, these are easy ways to do it. Because it's overwhelming for a lot of people. Even if they want to make an impact, they still don't know how they can. Somehow still don't know. And, and we all can by changing the products we use. Just, and it's just a little bit. And that's the, I've had conversations with people where they're like, oh, you know, climate crisis and how is just doing this going to make a difference? And I'm just very much in the mindset that if, if everyone as a collective started to be mindful in any bit of way, um, day by day, like that, that absolutely does contribute to the surrounding areas and the planet. So I'm all for that. And also 10% of every membership subscription goes to the Coral Reef Alliance, which is a nonprofit organization to restore the coral reefs in our planet. So um, I'm super excited to be partnering with them. They're an amazing foundation. That's so. great. That's awesome. So, all right. So I think we got a clear view of what, what you're doing now. So what got you there? And I read your bio, so don't think I didn't read about it, but I don't want to tell your story for you and just have you validate it. So. Yeah. I mean, I have a corporate career. I'm very, very grateful for my my digital experience, especially for the company that I, I do work for. But I want, I, I've been feeling a pull to do something different um, or in addition to. And <clears throat> it really kind of, my mom passed away April of last year. Mm-hmm. And so around that time frame, it all just started kind of flooding in. I had all the pieces, but I had to put the puzzle together, I guess you could say. So I've just kind of had some time to just sit with myself um, in my bereavement and um, in that time, obviously processing what I was processing, but also kind of taking a pause and what what was it that I wanted to do and what's the impact that I wanted to make in, in, in my lifetime. And it, it really kind of started coming to the wellness for people like me, you know, um, and bringing yoga, meditation, mindfulness to the masses. And I I originally wanted to do brick and mortar, 
That was my first vision. My husband started having heart palpitations because he was seeing what the monthly rent would be in Southern, in Southern California. So I did eventually pivot and I'm glad I did because the, the digital platform just makes it mo- so much more accessible to more people. And it just, it, it also provides a lot more flexibility for myself as well in my own life, but also just in the actual outcome of the, the site. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think it's interesting that like death, I think of a, of a loved one and having experienced mm-hmm. this too, and knowing that there are things you do with it and things yeah. it does to you, you know, I think one of them being taking action around a cause or around something is something i mean that's what it's done for me that's when i mean i would say Mm -hmm. it's one of the drivers of me having a podcast that's meant to put a positive energy out there this is not a direct relation that some nonprofit work i do is but for you too i mean do you find that part of this work is honoring your mom in a way 100 percent. yes 100 percent. in fact um when I was thinking of the name, I knew I wanted it to reference moon because my mom was just obsessed with the moon. Mm. Um, but I absolutely, because I remember when I was sitting there and I, it, it, when you lose a loved one, it really opens up your eyes to how fleeting life can be and how unexpected it can be. And I, I've always kind of had the mindset of not wanting to live a life with with regrets. And, and often when I do that, I think of myself like on my deathbed. And I know that sounds really morbid, but it, it is actually a good practice because then you think about what are the things if I were on my deathbed that I would look back at my lifetime and, and regret. And usually it's almost always how am I spending my time and how am I contributing? So I, I think that the loss of a loved one kind of magnifies that reflection on our own lives. Oh, totally. And then the things that you didn't do or get to do with them. And so I always regret the things I didn't do. I mean, that's the, you know, I do, I'm not proud of everything I do, Yeah, but I try not to regret those things because they're just, they are, I mean, that's it. But like, I do regret the things I don't do sometimes, you know? So I think, yeah, like in that, that definitely is a time of reflection among other things that the time of loss. 100% 100% and then usually and I 1000% agree with you and usually it's when you you don't do the things not I, I don't want to put words in your mouth but from my experience it's usually based because of fear mm-hmm. 100%. and and when you that's that's where the regret comes in and that's why you can't regret things that you do because you took a try and you went after it so if it failed it failed but at least you know and you don't have a regret on the what ifs yeah. And you know either not to do it again or you know you can go to yeah. it again. <laughs> How has founding your onus outside of, of your job, but then one that's related to things you're passionate about, in, impacted how you do your, your work? Oh, I love this question. So it's it's interesting because I would say when I first started kind of putting all of this together as far as like, okay, I know I want to build this. This is what I'm going to do. This is aligned to like everything, like what you just said that I'm passionate about. Um, I, I was beginning, getting, finding myself becoming more and more bitter towards my corporate job. Mm-hmm. I was feeling like I was, I was stressed out. I was not feeling super excited about where my time was being spent. It was dealing with like, you know, a lot of client drama, internal politics, et cetera, all the fun stuff that does come with corporate at times. And then I started to probably 
eight months ago had a little bit of an internal shift and it kind of hit me like a lightning rod where I realized that instead of looking at my corporate job with resentment because it wasn't fulfilling the 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 same level of passion that I was in this other world, I started to see the things that it was allowing me to do. And one, it was allowing me to be able to fund my dream and make that a reality. But I've also found that um, as I'm, I've gotten the business off the ground, it's actually made me more grateful and um, present in my current job because I have to be a lot more mindful of where I'm spending my time in corporate so I can delegate more. I can make sure that I'm in, you know, whatever meetings I'm in, I'm in the meetings that I need to be. But it's just, it's given me a lot more appreciation for what I, what I do have in my corporate job because it's not my, my everything. It is a job. And I think before that, I was trying to make it more than that. And that's where I was failing and feeling discouraged and feeling unfulfilled. But now that I have this other area where I am getting fulfilled, I'm actually looking at my corporate job as what it is, it's the job and I take the emotion out of it. If I could sum up why I'm doing this, that's it. I mean, I have a corporate job that I work in uh, and have, you know, for over 20 years, that's just what I did. But then I do comedy. And that was the big shift for me was changing I was doing stand-up comedy because I didn't have time to, I couldn't work until eight or nine at night, every night, because I needed to be somewhere else. And that's kind of for you, you had kids, you have this and other responsibilities, probably, you know, when you were facing things with your mom, you start to realize you can't spend all your time there, right? No. Yeah. And it just, it does change your relationship with it. I'm the type of person that I'm going to give a hundred plus percent into anything I'm doing. And, and I was doing that for my corporate job. And I mean, the reality is, is as you know, I don't want to put down corporations because I do think that it's, it provides a beautiful, like consistent paycheck to families so that they can have a functioning life and maybe live in Southern California. But when you put the, the emphasis of I'm pouring my heart and soul into this job and the reality, it's just a job. That's all it is. And the more you try to make it more than that, then you're going to find that resentment and the burnout. Yeah. Well, because it's not capable of deprecation. Exactly. A hundred percent. Other than a paycheck. And so if you're doing more than you think you should for that paycheck, and it's not the whole, like, I, well, I don't know how you feel about it. So I'm going to say something because this could be a bad opinion, but I am not a fan of this quiet quitting culture thing. No. All because to me, then what that, what it sounds like to me, is that you're choosing not to do work you're being paid for. And you're going to now put the burden on your colleagues instead of just doing yep. your job when you should. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. So, no, I completely agree with you. It's either do your work and do what you're supposed to be doing. And if there are asking too much of you or too extra and stuff, then have the conversations or go. But like also maybe to me, find the thing in your life that's going to mean enough to you that you don't need the fulfillment out of your job that you're seeking. That's yeah, how I feel about it. Spot on. And honestly, I mean, the sad part is, is this is going to sound really depressing, but at the end of the day, if something, God forbid, happened to you, like your job is going to replace you. Yeah. But the areas of your life that actually truly do matter the most, you're irreplaceable. So it just kind of keeps it in perspective. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I never thought of it that way, but it's true. I mean, 
there are parts of our life where we're the unique thing there and we're not a number, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh, that's good. See, I think we've solved something. I don't know what. There we go. <laughs> now that we've solved that problem, I guess the other one is burnout. I mean, I've definitely faced it. Yeah. I've gone through the thing where I can't possibly do any more and then you just have to anyway. But like burnout is such a real thing. And you mentioned that you faced it. So can you talk a little bit about your experience with that? And not making you relive a lot of things that aren't great, but. Well, it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's, they're actually like, I believe out of every dark moment comes light. Absolutely. I have experienced burnout. And I think a lot of us tend to going back to what we were saying about putting our emotions and tying those in, into our corporate jobs and wanting the fulfillment that it ultimately can't give. Uh, there was a point in time that would really kind of hit me over the head, like a freaking, I don't know, large object. Uh, it was a couple of years ago. I was working around the clock in my digital job and it was just, it was super intense. I wasn't really controlling or having any type of ownership of boundaries within my work. I was just trying to do everything and as a result, I was working weekends, I was working long nights, I was missing out on moments with my two young children, which was just killing me inside. And I was very emotional. I was not my, the best version of myself. I was stressed. So I was very reactive and short tempered. And um, I just I just was kind of hitting a breaking point. And my son had drawn a picture and brought it to me. And he said, God, this is just it really um really opened up my eyes it was a picture of me and him and we were standing in the rain and the rain was was symbolic of like how i was feeling and he was holding an umbrella over me to protect me and i literally took that picture and looked at him he must have been five years old at the time and i walked upstairs and i just collapsed on the floor and just started bawling my eyes out because it was just so apparent to me on how mismanaged I was with my time and where I was putting my energy. And at the end of the day, none of it mattered. And I knew that in the back of my head, but to see that my own children were starting to pick up on that, it just, it was a big eye-opening moment for me. Um, and from literally from there, I knew I needed to take action. So I started putting a plan in place on where I can start mapping out those boundaries and sticking to them, communicating that to my management too, to hold me accountable. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, you're raising this kid who's got this heart, right? That's able to communicate that, which is amazing. But mm -hmm. also, and that he did, but also like, that you recognize too, you could communicate to your work because that's one thing I think too is like some managers or workplaces or whatever won't be open to listening to someone about what's going on with them, but some will and and it's communicating, hey, this is the boundary I need. I can't work the I I can work these hours and then basically you don't have to say what you can't do because you just say what you can't. This is what I can do. Like I, mm -hmm. I can work and it still ends up being more than 40 hours a week anyway in general, but it's like I can do this. And that's it. But then you have to do it. Because I know like even people at my work, a guy this week is on vacation. And then he's like emailing us all the time. And it's like, okay, well, what? I mean, you're the one on vacation. So you can't be fully engaged. So it's like, you're not sitting in these meetings, but you want to chime in. Plus, you're not on vacation now. You're just kind of 
burdening us and burdening your family and burdening everyone. It's like, can you just stop, mm-hmm. you know, set the boundary? You took time off. You put that of office on, be gone, you know? And then come yes. Back and come back and work and we'll take vacation. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking vacation tomorrow. There you go. <laughs> no, I, and, and even for us to realize that there are things that you have within your control. I think that was the other thing that I stopped. I stopped playing the victim. And I realized that if I wanted to have change, there's absolutely things that I can do and implement in my life that only I can do. Because if I, if I kept trying to do everything, no one, no one at my job is going to stop me and say, whoa, 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 hold on. You, you really want all that on your plate? I mean, no one's going to do that. I'm, I'm the one who's going to dictate what goes on my plate versus doesn't. So, and, and, by creating those boundaries, it just gives myself more self-respect and also more authority within my own life, which I think we're all kind of striving for yeah. in some way, shape or form. Yeah, for sure. I mean, have you seen yourself able to apply boundaries outside of work that you didn't before or any changes in other parts of your life? Yes, I actually had to revisit the boundary conversation with myself when I launched Moon Rock because, again, it's a passion piece of my life, right? So for me, when I'm working on Moon Rock, I don't feel like I'm working. Like I get really excited. I light up like a Christmas tree. But what I was finding was if I ended up having downtime, then I was, I was thinking, oh, the kids are watching some TV. I'm going to go work on Moon Rock a little bit. But, and, and that might be on a Saturday morning. When in reality, instead of filling up any free time I had with working on Moon Rock, I needed to take a pause and sit and just not do anything and, and, and remind myself that even though it's making me excited, it's not driving towards my well being. I guess you could say it's not those well being components. So, just kind of slowing down a little bit is what I needed to remind myself to do. Yeah. Yeah. And that's true because I think you're right. When people are doing something that's either another business or a hobby or something, if it's not serving the ultimate goal and and if you can't answer the question, yeah, that's serving it, then don't. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I've tried to start instituting these moments of nothing. I'm horrible at doing nothing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely horrible. It's really hard for me not to, if, if I have five minutes where someone doesn't need something, where there's not something I'm thinking I need to do in my head or like a checkbox. So I've started to incorporate, even for just a couple minutes, going outside and just sitting and doing nothing. Not looking at my phone, not meditating, like literally nothing. Yeah. And it's actually been pretty powerful and just for for a moment of nothing, it actually comes with a big impact. So I highly recommend That's good. <laughs> just it's a couple almost, minutes. Like, I, am, I am thinking, because you've said a few things where I'm like, does she know me? Because, <laughs> no, so I have this friend, and I'm just revealing too much on this this episode, but that's fine. So I have this friend, and he may or, he'll probably hear this at some point, but he'll ask me like, oh, what are you up to today? Just chilling? And I get so, that triggers me. And I go, no. No, I'm not chilly. Like, no, I'm doing. And then I'll start, even if I was doing nothing and watching TV, I'll start doing something. So I'm like, how dare you tell me that I'm doing nothing? And how can I have the audacity to sit here and do nothing when there's so much to be done? But I'm just, I do need a break. And then I'll, I'll push myself to the point where I don't get a choice about the break. I just have to take it. 
you know, rather yes, than because doing saying, nothing is something. Yeah. Yes. So I kind of like that you just do nothing. But maybe if I made it a task, I'd be comfortable doing it. <laughs> that's that's a lot. Sadly, I I actually have like calendar blocks on my calendar that says like go for a walk, do nothing, and because I have to like if it's blocked on my calendar, then it's something that I in my mind I'm like okay, this is something I need to do. Can you imagine someone it? they're trying to book a meeting and then it says, well, I know you're not doing anything. You all know that's not correct. I am doing nothing. That's very different than not doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> you have no idea how powerful that word nothing is in this, in this time block. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's wild. Oh man. Well, with work too. I mean, one thing I found just in doing other, other things outside, like comedy, for example, made me better at certain aspects of my job, just even thinking quicker and stuff. Have you seen any positive impacts like that from doing Moonrock Wellness to your job? I would say that it's actually made me a better employee. Not only have I increased in my gratitude, but I feel that I feel more confident in how I'm showing up to a meeting, to presentations. Like it's, it's interesting because when you start doing and putting time aside to something that you believe in, that you're passionate in, that, that truly does fulfill you, it allows you to show up so much more confidently and authentically in your in all of your interactions, but especially in your corporate job. So it, I was very surprised at that that crossover and how interwoven they really can be. All right. So Jessica, one thing too that I like to do is just ask everybody, even though a lot of our chat has been filled with things that people can take as like a tip or advice or something, do you have anything that like a mantra advice that you like to share that just kind of something that maybe centers you or just something that you think people listening to this might might be good for them to hear the one that jumps out at me is a quote that i heard on a real estate podcast which I, it has no correlation to this but um but it actually it, it just it hit me and it the guy said show me your calendar and i'll show you your future and i loved it because it was so simple and powerful at the same time. And, and basically it's just saying like, you know, we, we, a lot of times as people, we have these, Oh, I want to, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to have a more um, balanced life. I want to like, like what you were saying, you know, it's, it's the things that you don't do that you regret and the things that you do. I, I want to start this, this business. I want to chase my dream. I want to have a more healthy lifestyle. But then if you just take a look at your calendar, like what time out of your every day, are you dedicating towards that? And it's as simple and black and white as that. And if you just, again, going to making sure you carve out time on what you really want out of your life, then that you can kind of see your future based on what your day-to-day activity looks like. Yeah. Oh, cool. I like it. Yeah. I'm going to start adding things to my calendar to manifest them. Just (laughs) (laughs) You should. You should. All right. Now we're going to get into the fun five. These are five questions I ask every guest just because they're things I think are fun to know. So what is the oldest t-shirt you have and still wear? So the oldest t-shirt I have and still wear, it is from when I was 12 years old and it's a Bob Marley t-shirt. My family used to go to Jamaica when we were younger and I was first introduced to Bob Marley at a super young age and I just fell in love with reggae. And it's tattered. It's got holes in it, but I still remember the shop um, that we got it from when we were there. So uh, that's got to be the oldest one that I have that I still love. Nice. That's that's really cool. So the next one is 
if every day was really Groundhog's Day where people just kind of did the same thing every day, every morning, which isn't always a bad thing. Like if you're getting up and meditating, for example, (laughs) what song would you have your alarm clock set to play every morning? So uh, this is going to sound a little cliche because I was thinking about this and I honestly, it would have to be meditation music and only because not, not because I'm, I'm being an annoying like wellness person, (laughs) but Cause I truly like, I feel it's so important to ease into the mornings. And I mean, even like I'm trying to not look at my phone right when I wake up and instead like let my brain like slowly process the whole like wake up system, but just waking up to meditation music, I feel would just start my day off in a little bit more of a Zen mode. And I think any other song, if I had to hear it every single day, the lyrics, I would probably get very annoyed with it. Even if it was my favorite, I would yeah. have to say, what was yours? What's yours? Oh, I'm trying to think of what I said because I did answer this question. And I think I put, oh, this is weird. I don't remember what I said. I don't know. I, it was something with Elton John, though, for sure, because that's my favorite. Oh, that's a good one. But I don't yeah. know what I did. And that's kind of annoying me. I don't think it would have been Skyline Pigeon or something. It was Honky Cat. So my song that I picked, uh, I I love Elton John. So it was Elton John, but it was Honky Cat by Elton John. So that was the one I went with. And I even have had that play me on stage before. Like at a, at a game. Really? I love it. Yeah, I just think it's Elton John's a legend. Funny. Oh, He's total so legend. So yeah. <laughs> my, kids, my kids have gotten into his music. I love it. Oh, did they watch Sing and then like from there? Get, yes. Yeah. Yes. But they also, I've noticed that the the teachers will play music, and it's interesting. Like uh, Rocket Man is one of them that they were coming home and singing. Oh, really? And, yeah, that's what, yeah. It's, a, it's such a good song. All right. So, <laughs> as far as your beverage preference, uh, coffee or tea or neither? Both. Yeah. Can I say both? Yeah, of course. So I will always start with two shots of espresso. I would have more. I know that that's not healthy. So then I switch to tea in the afternoon. <laughs> That's smart. I know. I mean, a lot of people do say this and I'm like, I'm hearing it, but I'm not listening. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah, it is until, you, okay. until you have high blood pressure. It's okay. But yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Can you think of a time that you like laugh so hard you cried or just something that just really makes you crack up when you think about it? So this is going to sound bad and i'm trying to think of a way to say it where i don't sound like a horrible human being but it's something about like my my super close intimate loved ones when they are in a not in a like a a bad situation like painful emotionally or physically but when they something has happened to them like they've i don't know i'm thinking like my my brother at vacation when he is just so stressed to the max with his kids and and just miserable it makes me laugh so hard. I, I like have tears coming out of my eyes. So I guess like when a loved one is in like a miserable state or like in a, an unfortunate state, that's not horrible. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. I know that sounds really bad, but it's just, I find comedy in that. <laughs> no, I mean, I actually, I totally relate because my yeah. sister has three kids. I don't have kids. My sister has three kids and they're great. Yeah. They're wonderful kids. Yeah. Uh, and she, I just remember this one time and I, See, this is why she should listen to podcasts and I wouldn't talk about her. But she was so mad at them, yelling at them. And I just started laughing because it was so dumb. Because I'm like, it's not her being dumb. It's them. But it's like, why aren't you guys just doing what your mom said? And like, 
There's no reason for her to be yelling. And there's no reason for you not to be doing anything. You're just both like being wild. And it made me laugh. I started laughing at all of them. And then my sister got mad. And I was like, well, you know, but I'm like looking at the kids and they're just kind of like unfazed. And I'm like, clearly this is not effective anymore. They're so unfazed by this. And I'm like, guys, what are you doing? And they're just kind of smiling. And I'm like, what? Like, I don't understand it. I was just sitting there because I thought if we would have done this and my mom was there too. And if we would have done this, like we would have, well, we wouldn't have, we would have gone upstairs. That's the thing. Oh, like, I don't know how your kids are, but I think a lot of kids just like sit there and just kind of think like, well, I'm sitting. No, you have to, yeah, you have to say something to like 10 times and then and your octave gets louder each time. A hundred percent. And I, there was one time, the hardest I've ever laughed in my life was um, I went on a trip with my best friend. We did a girl's trip. We've been best friends since we were literally born because uh, our moms were best friends. And he, we were in Hawaii and she had gotten sunscreen in her eye and her eye was, which is right. It's like it a hurts. horrible situation, but, but her whole eye was like so swollen <laughs> And it was such a it was such a sight, and we both just started laughing at the misery of the whole experience that she was having. And I was just laughing so hard, I was I was crying. And it's it sounds I sound like a horror. No, no, it's just funny because things are funny, and it's better than you screaming when you saw her face and not looking at her. Honestly, yeah, just yeah. Like, I'm like, oh my god, what is going on? <laughs> Yeah. Your eyeball. <laughs> it is. I mean, it is bad, but I know, like, you have to be able to laugh at these things. You know, you absolutely do, and that's uh, that's what I think it is: is just taking some of the more intense moments and turning them into like lightness. Like and I do the same thing for me too. Yes, a hundred percent. It is add that to the wellness list. Yeah. Just try to laugh a little bit each day. Yeah, you could. It add, changes everything. Add laughing to Moonrock. I'll just come laugh with you, and then we'll just put it on there. Okay. Yeah. It does. It changes everything. And look, you're doing that as a living. So that's a, well, amazing. Eventually. See, you got that on my calendar now. So I'll do it. There um, you go. I'm <laughs> manifesting it for you. Thank you. Thank you. There's so many <laughs> too. Certainly not bookers in London. Um, <laughs> okay. And the last one is who inspires you right now? It would have to be my children. They're actually starting to really school me as far as facts. I, I've lost a couple of bets recently in a matter of like how many bones do you have in your body? And I was way off. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that they just inspire me day in and day out on just the, the magic that life really is. I mean, if, if we could all kind of take a moment and look at the world through children's eyes, it's so freaking amazing. And we're constantly as adults, like going, 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 and we're kind of tone deaf to how incredible some of the most simplest things are. And that are happening all around us. Like we, I was taking my kids to school and they were running late. And then they like paused because there was a snail that was like slowly sliding on this like uh, electric box. And I mean, just like something as simple as that nature and, and taking a pause and looking at it and, or just getting exciting over some like simple, like really cool milestones. My daughter lost her tooth last night. And I mean, the, the excitement that was oozing out of every pore of her body, but she was just so lit up they, they're just truly truly present beings and i feel that if we could all just channel that inner, inner child more and be present and be playful and just stop taking things so seriously our day-to-day lives as adults would be much better <laughs> for sure for sure so jessica if people want to find you 
or Monarch Wellness, where where do you want them to go to find you? Is there anything, any action you want to give people? Yeah, if you go to, you can find Moonrock online at www.moonrockwellness.com. And that's where you can find all the information as far as the yoga, meditation, products and uh, recipes. And then you can also um, connect on Instagram, the handle moon underscore rock underscore wellness. So I'd be, I'd love to connect and, and just continue on the journey with whoever wants to be a part of it. Awesome. Yeah. So check it out guys. And I've, I've gone on there and I definitely want to see the recipes. So that'll be great. Well, thank you so much, Jessica. This is fun. Like I, I don't know if it's just cause you're in my old hometown or what, but this is just a lot of fun to chat with you. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. Ditto. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening. You can learn more about the guest and what was talked about in the show notes. Joe Mafia created the music you're listening to. You can find him on Spotify at Joe, M-A-F-F-I-A. Rob Metke does all the design, for which I am so grateful. You can find him online by searching Rob, M-E-T-K-E. Please leave a review if you like the show and get in touch if you have feedback or guest ideas. The pod is on all the social channels at, at More Than Work Pod or at Robbie Comedy on TikTok. And the website is morethanworkpod.com. While being kind to others, don't forget to be kind to yourself.